Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hupka, a chapter past president, as well as a member of our pod squad here at Metro DC ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, vice president of finance and operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing the CEO of the Insight Leadership Group, consultant, trainer, co-author, adjunct professor on emotional intelligence at the University of Arkansas, keynote speaker and award winner of 40 Under 40, Arkansas Business by Arkansas Business Publishing Group, Michael Brown. Quite an intro. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you for the introduction. That is quite the intro. I normally just go by Michael Brown, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Very nice. Now, before we jump into our topic of relationship intelligence, would you share with us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I have been running Insight Leadership Group, I would say all in for about a decade now. Been married for going on 20 years. We've got four kids ranging from four years old to 16 years old. And all of them love the greatest game in the world, soccer. So our fall and spring times, we spend a lot of time outside of the fields. And I just, for me, being in executive coaching and leadership development, it's all about helping leaders love life at work, kick butt and take names in everything that we do, and love life at home. Let's do that in a way that helps us to truly uh, be fully engaged in the places where we spend the most of our time and help the people we lead do the same. Nice. Now, let's tap into your expertise for our listeners. Relationship intelligence. It's an incredible way high achievers not only build relationships, but also drive results. Do you mind sharing with our listeners how you define relationship intelligence and what benefits talent development and other industry leaders can gain from it? Yeah, so relationship intelligence is a concept that came out of an organization called Core Strengths. And I am a partner with them and a master facilitator. They've been great friends over the years. And relationship intelligence uh, basically tries to help us figure out, hey, why do some relationships work that, you know, at work or or not at work? And and why are there some people who we see their names on our phones or their email pop up in our inbox and we immediately want to either blast them or set it to the side for another time? So why are some relationships good and and why are some dysfunctional? And so relationship intelligence says, hey, how can we recast the past? I can't change that person, but maybe I can understand and appreciate their approach and adjust my approach based on the information that I have. So that next time I interact with them, whether it be through a Zoom or an email or phone call, um, or maybe one day back in a conference room, we're able to master (laughs) that moment to bring the right strength at the right time. So that over time, we build trust and credibility. Hey, this went well. This interaction went well. And then we co-create that future. 
And so it's truly about valuing one another and appreciating one another um, because we're not all the same. Nice. Now, you mentioned something earlier, which is a certification that you hold. And I believe you said it's called a Master Certified Core Strength Facilitator. Can you describe this assessment tool to us and explain how that can serve as a resource in our industry? So, yes, I'm a master facilitator with Core Strengths, and we have the Strengths Deployment Inventory. It's called the SDI 2.0. It measures a leader in four conditions. It's one of the only uh, personality and behavioral assessments that talks together and is actually validated by an outside psychometric center. The SDI 2.0 measures a leader based on two conditions within our personality. Number one, how we lead when things are going well. And then the second condition, number two, is how our motivations shift when we're in conflict, when we're stressed, anxious, insecure, angry. When we feel that pressure, we don't lead the same as when we don't feel that pressure. And so we get that awareness as leaders, not only for ourselves, but with the people we have the opportunity to work with. That's the personality side. Then we look at the behavioral side our strengths, the productive strengths that we use to solve problems, to connect with people. When we lead in that way, we're we're pretty energized and pumped up. And then we look at our overdone strengths, the behaviors that we use when we turn up the intensity a bit much, trying to solve a problem, trying to make this thing work, but we end up creating usually tension or conflict along the way. Not because we're trying to do a bad job or trying to be rude or trying to be distant, but because we're just so focused on making something work that we overlook the people we're working with. So this assessment tool helps us to find that in ourselves. And then the online platform and the Teams plugin and the Outlook plugin makes it a game changer. It takes the PDF report that is pretty typical so that now we have this social interaction online to lead with relationship intelligence, to use all that data, all that information to actually know how to adjust our approach to have relationships be more effective, uh, more productive, to be more efficient, to, I'd say, just be healthier so that our intentions match our actions. We have less, less misunderstandings. And so when we look at how that's used within an organization for the talent development industry, From a consultant standpoint, it's been a game changer to actually serve clients in a way that has measurable, long-lasting results. And internally, when an organization has a healthy culture with a sticky language, with leaders that don't just try to be better, but actually have the tools to connect with their teams more effectively, everything seems to run a bit smoother. Hmm, Interesting. So... You mentioned leaders. Can anyone who is not a leader benefit from this master certified core strength knowledge or access? That's what's nice about it. You don't have to be a positional leader in order to take advantage of the tool. It's anyone who's kind of ready and and wanting to learn more about themselves and and why we do what we do and maybe how we can improve some relationships with the people we work with or the people we serve on a board with in a nonprofit community or the people we're at home with. I mean, it's a tool that's transferable in all parts of life at any level of responsibility in an organization. I like that you mentioned also people 
at home because relationships, you know, it usually starts with how we are in the in the home, and then we kind of take ourselves with us everywhere we go, including at work. So uh, that's a good point that you make there. Now, I'd love to go a little bit deeper into this for our listeners who have further interest. How does incorporating the skill of relationship intelligence impact team dynamics in the workplace? That's a great question. What we've found working with different organizations across the country, really in core strengths across the world, it's in so many different languages, is that when when that team can pull up the team report and see the data of here's what this team looks like when all things are going well. Mm-hmm. Now we know what makes us good and, and we find our blind spots right away. We know what we lean into and we know what questions to ask. So those blind spots don't become gaps in our culture or in our organization. But we also know that not everything's always going well. Sometimes our um, COVID is uh, running through a <laughs> home. And so all the kids are at home. Sometimes we have a client that's difficult to work with. Sometimes we have um, employee turnover happening, right? So not everything's going well. And so we can then click a button and within less than a second, we see what that team looks like in conflict. I was working with a leader earlier, navigating a pretty complex situation in a multi-billion dollar organization. And we said, hey, you go here, conflict stage one. Maybe that's impacting how you are or are not leveraging a new team member to offload some of your responsibilities. And he hadn't thought about it. It's just how he naturally leads. But looking at how he leads in conflict helped him to reset and figure out, hey, what strength can I bring up in this next huddle that's going to happen in 10 minutes to get a better outcome and not be so stressed? It's that simple. So it impacts team dynamics from the standpoint of our motivations, which then impacts our behaviors, the strengths of the team, and the overdone strengths. And so we see the aggregate of what does this team look like? And maybe we need to shift what's natural and normal for our team because it's not working. And we can look at what strengths to bring up and how hard that will be for certain individuals of the team and then how we can help each other rather than just move forward and leave someone in the dust. Okay, so to continue with the theme of the teams here, um, what would you say are some common questions that you've heard that teams have used to better their relationship and using that to find a way to impact the team's performance? The common questions come around, well, I'm a red and this person's a blue, meaning I'm performance oriented. I like to run, accomplish. I move quickly. And this person's a blue. They tend to want to make sure we're thinking through how this impacts anyone before we move forward. And so we have two very different personalities working together. So the common question then is, well, how do we work together? How do we not have a tension-filled relationship and how do we collaborate on a regular basis? The assessment tool, you log into the Core Strengths platform or download the app and use it there. And right away, that performance leader can know how to message appropriately to the people-driven leader and vice versa. Everyone's trying to help solve problems. Everyone's trying to benefit and bring value. But our approach can sometimes rub the person the wrong way. 
Well, so teams real quickly learn how to appropriately message and understand one another so we have more efficiency. We have more uh, productivity. We have healthy relationships. And then the conflict doesn't get in the way of getting to the right result. Wow, this is so relatable. And that's a great example. I've definitely have observed and been part of these kinds of situations throughout my career. And I love that this uh, gives you communication tools for how to actually say certain things to someone who is predominantly red or blue or a specific type so that basically you meet them where they are. This is so helpful. Now, Michael, you did co-write a book called Servant Leaders Serving Leaders, which helps managers quickly strengthen relationships with their team members to serve their growth and development. Can you share with us some highlights from your work on this project? Yeah, I I got to co-write that with a former boss of mine when we were both became independent contractors. And the idea around fellowship is that no matter what role or level you are in the organization, we all have to follow at some point in time. And so how can we be servant leaders serving leaders? And when new members of a team come together, oftentimes there's that, you know, forming, storming, norming, performing phase. How can we short circuit that? The SDI 2.0 helps with that tremendously. But so does just helping that manager and that team member figure out how to quickly ramp up their um, relationship, understanding of one another, how they tick, what that um, team member's goals are, their dreams are, so that once we hit 60 to 90 days in, we're not wondering how is it going to work or will it work? We're already rocking and rolling together. And so that was created out of this uh, hope that we can help people jump into their roles and and be more uh, fulfilled faster and and have healthier lives there, as well as just teams to take some steps in a simple way to reconnect and get on the same plan so they enjoy being on a team together. Nice. Can you share the title of that book again with us? It is called Followship, Servant Leaders Serving Leaders. Nice. Now, your company, the Insight Leadership Group, developed leaders' soft skills by leveraging their strengths. And so why do you think the focus on leaders' continuous development is so important, especially as we think about today's work environment? That's a a big question. (laughs) I'll I'll answer it this way. When when I was in my mid-20s, I ended up being a people leader. I had um, a significant amount of responsibility with direct reports. And I was so focused on accomplishing the mission, accomplishing the goal, driving the change, that the the running joke became that there's a wake of dead bodies behind me. And (laughs) in some leadership circles, that's a celebrated thing. And, And I woke up and I thought, gosh, why do I have to make so many apologies? Maybe I'm right in terms of the business decision, but I'm definitely not right in the right way. And how many people did I have the opportunity to lead, right? I'm I'm managing them. And then they leave stressed, frustrated. When they walk into the office door, 
now they're insecure. They're nervous. What's Michael going to say? How's he going to approach me? Because I was a red working with people not like me, not wired up like me, but they were incredible, gifted people. And so I wasn't getting the best out of them. And quite frankly, I was negatively impacting their life, not only at work, but after work. So why is leadership development important? Because when we figure out how to be healthy, effective leaders, how to work within our strengths, we're going to be more engaged. We're, we're going to be healthier. The All the weight and the responsibility that's on our shoulders now, maybe if we're leveraging our strengths, it doesn't break us. We don't crack so that we can actually lead through the challenges of today and be leaders that we're proud of being, be leaders who are worth following, leaders who leave a legacy worth remembering, not just with our organizations, but also with our families and our friends. And it's not only about what I do, but it's the impact that I make on the people on my teams. That has a ripple effect into the community. It's not just about the company. It's about the people who, have the, who, who work there, who give their time there, because that then impacts that person's family, those kids, that nonprofit they serve on, that little league team that the person coaches. And leadership, it's not just about business results. It has a transformative effect into the lives of the people we serve and into our communities. Uh, that's why it's so important to get this right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this because we're talking about today's environment and it takes a lot of introspection for leaders to realize when they're not reaching people. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, in fact, may have been one of the most important things to be shared on our podcast since we started it. There are so many things that can go right or wrong in an organization, but it is so easy to think that what is happening is happening in a vacuum and that your leadership impact is only going to extend to the results that you get or the people you work with, but it doesn't. How many of us have gone home after a bad day because of something that somebody did or said or the way they led a meeting or the way that they spoke to somebody during that meeting? And so I think your call to remember that at the end of the day, this is about people. This is about human beings who are working together. It cannot be understated. So I'm very glad that you shared that. That's that's dead on, Stephanie. And now it's not even always driving home, right? It's it's walking yeah. from the living room to the kitchen. Yeah, I, you're right. And I think that what you've shared, it's it's maybe even more important given where we've been together over the last couple of years. Work is home and home is work. I mean, we spend eight hours a day sitting and working at the same table that we then have dinner with our families at as we, you know, quote unquote, close down for the day. And we all know how difficult it is to mm -hmm. separate work and home. But when you remember that how you treat somebody and how you lead and where you choose to lead from, that can change a person's day for the better, just like it can for the worse. I mean, why wouldn't you look for the skills, the resources, the things that you can do to make things, you know, change for the better. I, I just, I think that what you said is so powerful. I'm so glad that you shared that today. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's been an honor to talk with you all. And I'll add the assessment tool that SDI 2.0, the reason why I, I leverage it so often is because one, 
that conflict sequence piece. Stephanie, yeah. when that pressure hits me, when I get stressed, overwhelmed, when I feel like, how's this going to work? And then I walk into my house and I've got four kids wanting my attention. Yeah. Uh, that used to be a tough shift. Now I know what I'm doing. I know that I'm about to be a little bit too abrupt and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And if I'm heavily stressed, I just want to kind of crawl into a hole and hang out in the quiet. And my wife knows how to gently talk me through that rather than now it's just a tension filled night. And yeah. so it's, it's provided the awareness of I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or disruptful. Uh, just can yep. be. So that self-awareness of not only me knowing that about myself, but my wife and team having that tool as well about me, that's made all the difference to be able to shift gears. And I call it find the eddy to find rest um, in the chaos to get through it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think the better we know ourselves and frankly, the more often we invite others to get to know us, the better we can work together, lead, just spend time together, friends, family, colleagues. I I just, I love it. I think these are some really, really changing insights that you've shared. And I got to say, Michael, I am thrilled that we are not quite done with today's conversation. At the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest five rapid-fire style questions. Each of these questions should take no more than about 60 seconds or so to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready to kind of make that transition from the conversation into the rapid-fire? Let me let me do a quick sip of coffee. And oh, then yeah. You, you might need it. You might need it. For that 60-second uh, response. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> You know, it kind of is. And we often have people say that the first part of the conversation is nothing, but you get to rapid fire and people's pulses get kind of elevated and, you know, it feels like you're on the spot. Don't worry. Every answer is a good answer. We're just excited to hear what yours are today. So it's kind of like a challenge, Stephanie. I it, it feels I like want one. to hit a good answer in <laughs> 60 seconds or less. So we we want that for you, too. But we also know that you will. So. Here's your first question. Let's uh, let's see what you come up with here. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. How the Mighty Fall by Jim Collins. Ooh. He wrote that on accident when he was writing Great by Choice, which is probably the second one everyone should read. But when we look at the characteristics and the traits of a leader, figuring out why so many who were awesome failed should help us to take pause for a minute, stop leading out of a state of conflict with our overdone strengths, don't allow hubris to take over, and to get back on track. So How the Mighty Fall, I think, is a book everyone needs to check out and read. I love it. Just added that to my wish list. Oh, I have not read that. Very excited to do so. You're off to a great start. Look at you. Let's do it. All right. Second question. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. That I recently learned about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a newer tool. A newer tool. Liz, I'm not I'm not trying to be egotistical here, Stephanie, but mm-hmm. I created a tool. I call it the inside action guide because I'm I'm a coach, I'm not a marketer. Yeah. And the tool helps us to find what's most important to us as leaders. What brings us the most fulfillment. What are our core values? What are the most important roles of my life and why are they important? And what evidence proves that I am who I say I want to be? 
And when I've walked through that personally, year after year, and take clients through it, it helps me to see, am I on track not only to be the executive coach, the trainer, consultant, et cetera, but to be the husband that I want to be, the friend, the son, the father, and then to intentionally change how I manage my time so that I can be a healthy and effective leader. That overall has been one of the most impactful tools because it helps me to know what do I say yes to and what do I say no to so that I can actually have a life that I'm, I'm proud of having. Yeah, that is an incredible contribution. Wow. And honestly, a tool I think every one of us could use. I mean, how often do you know you should say no, but you really say yes, and you have trouble with that decision-making process? I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh, that's great. That's a that's a free tool on the website. Uh, well, I will we'll certainly make sure that we link to that so that others are able to take advantage and have a chance to benefit. I know I will be one of those people who do. Here's your third rapid fire question. What is the best piece of talent development related advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of talent development advice. These are interesting questions. Yeah. I'm on the other side of it right now. <laughs> one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received has been to lead from your core values. Mm-hmm. That that you don't compromise who you are to get to where you think you need to go or someone else wants you to go. And so how can we get those results in a healthy way, being who we are proud of being? There's so many great tools. There's so many great books, so many great resources. But at the end of the day, we need to be proud of who we are. And it's easy to compromise to try and get somewhere. And so I would say that's been the greatest um, piece of advice th- that I've received um, inadvertently from a guy named Donnie Smith, who was the former CEO of Tyson Foods, um, who modeled that and and has a great case study as to why it's important to live that out. Oh, that's fantastic. That is really good advice. I mean, you cannot undervalue the role of being authentic and genuine in your own career decisions. That's terrific advice. All right. What is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up in the next year? One thing. Just one. Just one. I'm going to I'm going to cheat, Stephanie, and it's going to be All one right. that's actually four. How's okay. that? Okay. Well, we'll accept it. Okay. <laughs> in 60 seconds or less. We used to put on executive roundtable groups similar to what you would see in a vistage. And it was it was fun. It was uh, profitable, but it was not transformative enough. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, what can we do in today's climate to help leaders rest and develop? Executive leaders who don't take a lot of time typically to get out of the conference room for work. And so Mm -hmm. our first event is called Distilled in Louisville, Kentucky. What makes a great bourbon bourbon is its ability to rest. And so we're going to help leaders learn how to craft their vision and distill that through the organization while reminding them of the power of rest. And so that's March 2nd through 4th. The second one is a golf experience in June to help leaders know how to strategically communicate while giving them time to rest. 
And the third is going to be in Atlanta at the Porsche Driving Academy. And we'll focus on agile leadership. And then the fourth is a, is a marriage experience for executive leaders to come together and focus on what's most important in life as they've done throughout the year, their work life. But let's end the year with priorities with our family. And so that is what I'm most excited about to invest in a very transformative way uh, with these leaders and those experiences. Wow. What a, I mean, that's a, an incredible trajectory too. And I think you've hit on some of my all-time favorite things, starting with bourbon. So that is, <laughs> that's a, a great way to frame it. Oh, I'm excited about those for March you now. That's, <laughs> that is terrific. Oh my gosh. All right. We're up to our very last rapid fire question. And this is what we've got for you. What is the one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? During the past year, I've had the opportunity to facilitate webinars for, I would say, almost a thousand ATD members all over the country. And it has been incredible to see the heart and passion that you all have, not only for your community of practitioners from all different organizations to come together and and to be healthy and to be effective and to share knowledge and resources, uh, but just to believe in helping each other uh, navigate such a challenging season uh, while we've been, you know, in the middle of COVID. So I would say that's been incredible. Just, just meeting everyone, especially the leadership of the chapters um, like yourselves who invest a lot of time to do something really impactful and important for their local community. Oh, thank you for saying that. It is a very rewarding role. I've had an opportunity myself to work with chapter leaders around the United States, and it is always the same. It is always a group of people who are passionate about the industry, passionate about making a difference and benefit from these just incredible connections and friendships and, you know, just really transformative experiences on their own. So I'm glad you've had a chance to experience that. Thank you for uh, for calling that one of your your things that you're grateful for. We really we're grateful for you for saying that. <laughs> it, it, it was a uh, it was a highlight that I didn't expect. It's been very refreshing. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal community. It is. Wow. We're all in this together for sure. Michael, we are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure to hang out with you all today. And a thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah, this truly has been a phenomenal conversation. I am really going to do a lot of thinking about some of what you shared and especially about some of the ways that leadership impact us, not just where we expect it, but in those places where we don't. I think you had just so many valuable points for all of us to consider. I am so glad that you were with us today. Thank you, Stephanie. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you looking for new opportunities in the talent development field? Then go to dcatd.org forward slash jobs. Love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 